Hi folks, I'm Alan Watson. This is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 14th of November 2011. For newcomers, I always begin uh, the particular broadcast by advising you to make use of CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com website. There's hundreds of audios. Download them at your leisure and perhaps you'll start to understand this big design system, this pre-designed system, really designed before you were born, that is, which really knows where it's going and how it uses mainly two sides to steer us all in the right direction, kind of like sheepdogs. That's how they work in pairs, one on one side of the valley, one on the other, and they drive the sheep in the right direction. And really that's really what, how we're run by left wing and right wing for the same masters at the top, of course. So... Once you've gone through this, you'll see the foundations, the organizations, the big bankers who planned this a long time ago. They wrote about it. They wrote lots of uh, books and different memoirs. They're so boastful about it, in fact. Plus, it was an era in the early 1900s of socialism. That was to be the big dream of creating a scientific society under the guise of socialism, where bureaucrats and officials would really organize and and run your life from cradle to grave. And that's where you're you're already at, actually. It's been awfully successful, hasn't it? Many names for for the same thing, but that's really where it's, it's all about. And it's the same con game, of course, that goes on with the, the banking system of Europe, which is intended to terrify everyone to their knees until they shout, please save us, and the big boys say, okay, uh, no national sovereignty whatsoever, just to save the euro, and then we'll all be happy. And, of course, that's how they get what they want. So make use of the website. Remember, too, that uh, you are the ones who bring me to you. You help me take along day by day, week by week. Because I don't bring on advertisers as guests. I don't own or have shares in any of the products that, that are sold. And, uh, and therefore I try to, it gives me a more leeway to have some credence, I think, in what I say and comments on. So for th- those who want to buy the books and discs I have at cuttingthroughmedics.com, you can, from the US to Canada, remember personal checks are good, international postal money orders are good, and you can also send cash or use PayPal. You'll find out how to do it on the website. Uh, all the sites carry audios, and you'll find that uh, Alan Watt sent in sentinel.eu carries transcripts too for download and uh, for print up in other languages. They all carry the English language versions, and, and they all carry audios. So make use of them. Across the world, you can use Western Union, MoneyGram, and once again, PayPal. And remember, straight donations are awfully welcome in these so-called austere times that we're going into. Again, austerity planned an awful long time ago by different organizations, which um, really have come to the fore in the recent times. Uh, it's just strange to imagine that in your granddaddy's day, these big organizations had already planned the future step by step uh, so that the sheep don't get too scared and all run off in all directions. And it's been awfully successful. We've all been guided, as I say, with the sheepdogs along the right path towards the sheep pen. And that's how the world truly, really is run. It's very simple herd management, isn't it? And uh, most folk will grab one opinion, left or right, whatever suits them at the time. And same with all the shows on television. Who do you like, this one or that one? 
And you've always got two commentators after a president or prime minister speaks to, to give you the left or the right wing spin on something. And you take your pick which one you want. So they're both safe, of course, because they want you to pick one or the other. Uh, they never give you a, a third or fourth or fifth way out of things. Things are never so simple as just take this or that, left or right. But that's how the world is run, as I say. Very simple, herd managements, and of course they have neuroscientists on board, before just psychologists, psychiatrists, and behavior managements and consultants from marketing. They all work together now with the neuroscientists to, to really steer us all perfectly, from all age groups, by the way, into the right kind of mold for what we'll experience in the near future, so that we'll accept it. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm back, cutting through the matrix, and for years, and still today, I, I get uh, emails from people who say, when do you think uh, World War III is going to start? When do you think it's... They're looking for an Armageddon scenario, and they don't realize their whole life uh, long, however, however long they've lived, has been a pattern of constant plan change, not just stumbling along, but plan change on big scales across the whole world towards this global society. Uh, including all the, 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 the chaos is, is produced too with massive migrations of people moving across the planet, the free trade and all that kind of stuff. Uh, all that was planned and discussed and all the problems discussed before it, it even started. There's discussed as far back as the beginning of the 1900s by those who planned to bring it all in. And so people said, should really stop looking for when's the end, when's the big, you know, when is Jesus coming back or whatever uh, to, to finish it all off or, or, or when is 2012, you know, is, is the Mayans going to be blah, blah, blah and all that stuff. And they don't realize, as I say, they've adapted in an about face of culture to completely, they're facing backwards. They don't even know it to what their parents or grandparents had, and they can't imagine the lifestyle they had. They've been trained very well from childhood and then educated into a fake reality. And it's been reinforced, all this terrorism stuff. Uh, even before 9-11 happened, there were, there were so many movies churned out to, to get you into the sort of military mode and to get the police into the military mode and to get the civilians all used to seeing police in civilian mode that has been awfully successful. And they don't notice, they really don't notice, they adapt, you see, step by step into the new totalitarian system. And it gets more and more totalitarian. And they think it's just like the movies. They can't tell the difference, really, because the movies keep in step with them. It's a little bit ahead, a little bit ahead to familiarize you with what's coming next until eventually you accept it all as quite natural. And, and it's been done across the whole world pretty well, this whole scenario, with the culture creators. And never, ever, ever think you're being entertained when you go to see a movie. If you do, you've lost the point, the, the real point in the movie, which is to indoctrinate you with predictive programming. And that means that that's not just towards the military or the, or the militarization of police or a totalitarian society. It's also to do with altering all your viewpoints on every social aspect into uh, the, the new politically correct social aspects. So you'll accept everything that you're supposed to accept. In other words, you have no mind of your own. 
And you go along with it primarily because everyone else does too. And you want to belong to your peer group. You don't want to stand on the side and be thought to be a, some kind of weirdo because you have strange ideas and you're just not avant-garde, etc. And they found with study after study that the middle classes and the better educated, the ones who have had more education, put it that way, are the easier, easiest ones to upgrade because they really do want to stick to their group. They don't want to stand on their sides, uh, the sidelines with their, 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 their drinky poos when they stand up at these little meetings and mingle. They want to all be uh, together, uh, quoting the same books. The, the same, they're always quoting things. They can't think for themselves. And they have all the, the recommended books on the book list to, to quote. So the ones really who've had less education think more for themselves. And, uh, and of course, that can be dangerous as too. Uh, but unfortunately, those tend to be in the lower classes, and uh, they end up being stuck into these massive complexes in inner cities where there's no hope at all, and except take some drugs and, and, and be out of your mind for a little while. And, and that, of course, is why there's so much drugs there, too. They're, they're flowing in, and uh, that was decided a long time ago. We'll keep them all dumb, stupid, and, and stoned. And let them fight each other. They'll get aggressive, go up their skulls with all the drugs, and they can fight each other. And then that gives them more of a boost to the cops. See, there's crime there. We have to handle this, and we need all this stuff we can get a hold of. So everything has to be made to happen. And it's not difficult to make things happen when you understand that there are people, there are people who've inherited archives over many, many hundreds of years from their parents, grandparents, all the way down, who handle money before the word economist came along. And uh, and they were already dealing with nations and wars and empires, and they never let go of that knowledge. They kept them in the archives, and today a lot of them are taught as sciences to very select people, generally from the same families, and how to manage whole whole nations. Quite simple, really. And just give them the reality and stick to it. Make sure you own all the media and entertainment, especially, and the children. When you want to give a, a particular message of, say, discrimination, for instance. Uh, for, for whoever they pick as the new uh, target of discrimination, whether it's fact or fiction, doesn't matter. Um, they'll show you something with someone getting beaten up with a, a bunch of hoodies, as they call them, or gangsters, street gangs. Uh, and often the opposite is true. It doesn't matter if the opposite is true. But you'll see this one person getting targeted. And the emotive impacts of that movie and that visual thing and the sadness and all the rest of it, and then the story of this individual being a really nice person, etc., uh, will stay in you forever, and that's going to be your opinion forever, through fiction, not through reality. And so, and everything is done that way through fiction. Just attach it to an emotion, and that's emotive embedding. They call it imprinting as well. Anyway, uh, talking about the, the the people who still say, when's the police day, when is the police day coming? Uh, really, <laughs> anyway, uh, I watched I watched uh, something last night. It was it was from Britain, and uh, it was about this uh, this uh, city where they have two helicopters, police helicopters, all the toys now. You see, and you hear them talking with their really working class accents. And they're, they're, most of these cops are people who would be uh, getting lifted themselves if they weren't in uniform. Because there's really no difference between them. And some, in fact, some of the crooks are, are, are petty crooks are more bright than the ones in the uniform. Seriously, I'm not kidding you. Anyway, there's two uh, five million pound helicopters flying around chasing a car with all these cops in pursuit, uh, breaking all the speed laws, caught, nearly causing God knows so many accidents and probably causing quite a few in the past. 
uh, all to catch someone with a toque uh, in their car. Uh, and so £10 million worth of helicopters, well, special gear that's in them. And, and all their terminologies, she would use a stinger on them, like a stinger missile, but it's not a missile. It's actually that thing they throw across the road that busts all your tires. Uh, and they've got all this terminology. And it's just, it's just like one of these video cartoons, because they have the camera stuck on the, the hood of the car, and there's the, the man and the woman with the deadpan faces, with the head sort of jangling and the body's pretty still. And, and that's what it looks like. They've become cartoon figures. Because, you see, these are the kind of characters all their lives have wanted to wear that black uniform and boss folk around. And now they've got the deadpan faces and even the reflective eyeglasses. Oh, gee whiz, eh? So, so yeah, when is the police state coming? Well, they've got it everywhere now, under the guise of terrorism. We should turn on for little tiny little things like breaking the speed limit and tank stop you. <laughs> anyway, here it says, uh, it says, In the dark, officers hunkered down in bushes as bullets whizzed above their heads. A suicide at Saddle St. Paul uh, Park uh, man was holed up by his fam- in his family home, shooting around after round. There's a sort of potentially lethal encounter that officers can face in an era of high-powered weapons and terrorist threats. This is the States now. Now, Washington County has an armored truck, not only to protect officers, but citizens too. You don't you feel safe with an armored truck sitting there. Yeah. Sheriff Bill Hutton said last week, while sitting in the nine-ton vehicle, uh, using $237,000 from the U.S. Department of Homeland Security. You, know, you understand there's all bribery and everything involved here because uh, they know eventually they're going to run out of countries to bomb and, and all these companies have written screeds of information, the War Department co- uh, companies. They'll have to go into total security, so just turn it on the general public. I said, this is what I'm reading here. This is what this is. So... $237,000 from the U.S. Department of Homeland Security. Hutton's office bought the SWAT truck called a Bearcat, replete with the bullet-resistant windows, gun ports, hatch, a battering ram on the front bumper, tear gas dispenser, and public address system. So right out of some sci-fi movie, isn't it? This is the fifth such vehicle. The fifth vehicle, either Bearcat or its larger brother, the B-E-A-R, to be purchased in Minnesota, sent Lenny Lights of Lenko Armored Vehicles in Pittsburgh, Massachusetts. Anyway, it's Pittsfield, Massachusetts. Washington County law enforcers tried for years to land one of the highly competitive Homeland Security grants. In St. Paul Park standoff last August, Nathan Klusendorf stopped shooting, but deputies couldn't tell where he was and if it was safe to enter his house. So Commander Brian Mueller, who heads Washington County's special response team, said officers used Dakota County's Bearcat to drive up to the house, break through a window with a camera on a pole, and view Klusendorf on the floor, where he lay shot in the midsection, and then they stormed in. So all that apparently uh, stopped it all. Ramana, couldn't you just stick something on a pole and stick it through the window? I mean, you know, or or do your, your infrared from one of your choppers overhead? You'd know if the guy was moving or not or dead or whatever. Anyway, a few days ago, Chief Deputy Dan Starry drove the Bearcat to the law enforcement center in Stillwater where Hutton and deputies got their first look at it. They didn't hide their excitement. Oh, they're all excited now. You know, they put kills on these things. They're just like the army. They, 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 they put little X's, little, little stick figures for all the folk they've killed, you know. Anyway, uh, Cherry Dexter said deputies on 
active calls have waited up to 45 minutes for a special response team to arrive with an armoured vehicle from another jurisdiction. Now Sheen Starry said Washington County will be able to respond more quickly when deputies are under fire and civilians are endangered. The Bearcat and the special response team will be available to law agencies throughout the region, including St. Croix County, which doesn't have a Bearcat. Hutton says, oh, that's just terrible. They don't have one there, hey? Homeland Security also awarded $226,000 for a mobile command post to replace Washington County's rusty trailer next week. Wouldn't it be nice? Uh, you know, you're living in a dump that's fallen apart and, and just get a grant just like, just like that, you know, to get a nice new house and all that. Wouldn't it be nice? And soon a three-foot-tall uh, robot will arrive thanks to a $70,000 federal or grant. Understand, this is all tax money. All these grants. Don't forget for a second, whenever you see this federal grant, it's all your tax money, folks. It can be sent into tight places and dangerous situations and be used to talk with suspects. I'm sure they'll do a lot of talking with the suspects to deliver phones uh, and in other ways. From its rotating hatch to its remote-controlled spotlight and front-mounted uh, battering ram, can you imagine them? We're going to be talking to you. This thing turns up to a, a big battering ram a machine gun sticking out in the front hole. We just want to talk to you. <laughs> anyway, Starry star, said, the Bearcat has features that will enable deputies to close in during tense situations. Probably the ones have just caused. And now the music's coming in, so we'll be back after this break. Hey folks, I'm back cutting through the matrix, just talking about the military-industrial complex and how its sites, of course, were changed. They had articles 20 years ago in newspapers uh, recording this kind of stuff that eventually they'd run out of wars and they were going in heavily into the domestic security business. Well, you see where it's all ended up today, you know, and briberies in it too. I mean, lobbying, is, as far as I'm concerned, is bribery and they get no end of cash thrown at them. And how ridiculous everything becomes, and the public don't know because they, they gobble up these movies, and uh, uh, the one after another, the youngsters gobble up these movies. Just they're just like video games to them, with the guys in the black outfits and and uh, all these different pouches all over their chests and, and and gadgets to stun and kill and all the rest of it. And that really turns them on. That's their normal. That's what's normal to them. So uh, reality must emulate fiction. It's not the other way around. And that's why the culture creation industry goes overboard with all of this stuff, getting you ready for what's to come. Well, now it's here. But more is to come, yeah. And Britain is so funny because in Britain you have all these accents from Yorkshire and different places, but they're all dressed the same, just like what I've seen in all these American movies. They dress exactly the same. And they try to talk the same way with these these, these liver-puddling accents and so on. And, and it's kind of comical to watch them and listen to them, try to find words, because a lot of these guys aren't too bright, believe you me. But it's going so far, and people are still aiming. When's it all coming down? You know, when's things going to change? I thought, oh, <laughs> oh God! And they've got five million pound helicopters flying overhead with, with these guys in it, with a collective IQ of maybe ten, you know, altogether. Ground-to-air missiles may protect the London 2012 games. Don't you feel better now? Do you want to go to these games? Do you want ground? I'm not kidding you. This is mainstream. Ground-to-air missiles may protect London's 2012 games. Well, why not just scrap the games? I mean, we're always left in debt when after it's over anyway, and, and we're nothing but debt these days. Defence Secretary, this is a guy in charge of the... I guess this is the guy who took over from the last one who was on the take from a certain organisation within the US and related to the Middle East. 
so anyway, Defence Secretary Philip Hammonds has told members of Parliament that ground-to-air missiles will be deployed to protect the 2012 Olympic Games in London if deemed operationally necessary. I can just imagine the guy throwing the discus, you know, and the, will they break the record? Oh, it's going to, oh my, it's flying, and boom, this thing takes off like a big squib and does a loop, you know, and blows the thing up in midair. <laughs> He was asked to confirm this by the former Defence Secretary, Liam Fox. Yeah, it was Fox who got into trouble because he was on, he seemed to be kind of arranging special deals with a certain company in the US and the Middle East and getting free joints all over the planet. They're all on the take, by the way. They're all corrupt. And it was Mr. Hammond's first appearance at Defence Questions since taking over from Mr. Fox. The comments follow reports of concern in the US about security plans for the games. The Guardian, the Guardian claimed the U.S. was furious about security plans and wanted to send up to 1,000 of its own people, including 500 FBI agents, but the Home Office said it has full confidence in the plans and have taken all necessary measures. Mr. Hammond was asked by his predecessor to confirm whether there would be a full range of multi-layered defense and deterrence in place for the 2012 Games, including surface-to-air missiles. He replied, I can assure him that all necessary measures to ensure the security and safety of the London Olympic Games will be taking, taken, including if the advice of the military is, is that is required, appropriate ground-to-air defences. So this is the world that you're living in, as folks still email you every day saying, when's it all coming down? Huh? Uh, I mean, let's be honest, this generation now, this young generation who've grown up swallowing video games and and virtual realities and all the movies you can see that are slaughter, slaughter, slaughter. They think it's all normal, this, you see. All, all this is normal. You, you go there and there's missiles aimed all over the darn place to watch some guys on steroids and, and, and speed uh, to try to break a world record and get a little gold medal. And all that's worth blowing up the whole place? I don't think so. I don't think so. I'd be more scared of all this stuff than that, that it's ready to blast off for terrorism than the terrorists themselves. Because they can afford all this stuff. Anyway, that's the world we're living in. It's, it's so incredibly stupid and crazy, as I say, where life has to emulate fiction. Because that's what fiction is really for, to program you and predictive programming. And when you see this coming near you or to you, just accept it. It's quite normal. Isn't it? Yeah. And... When all that's happening too, you've got to be someone special today, in a special group to get any say at all. And I can't remember who it was at the beginning of the 20th century said, a democracy is designed so that the biggest groups get, get the, you know, like a squeaky wheel gets the grease. Well, that's what you have to, if you're just as an individual today on your own, forget it. So special people include police, you see. So St. Louis uh, officers to file suit over department's DNA collection. I mentioned this before. But it says the St. Louis Police Officers Association filed a grievance today saying the department's collection of DNA from police officers is a violation of Fourth Amendment rights and the officer's contract. So they'll have no problem taking DNA from all of you, uh, but uh, when it comes to their own special DNA, it's kind of holy, and they're, they're pulling out all the stops. They've got a big union, of course, and so they'll probably get what they want. It says, this is a shockingly alarming practice, said Jeff Rurda, the association's business manager, who spoke to reporters in front of police headquarters moments after filing the paperwork. Oh, it's an alarming business, but it's never alarming when it's all the pedestrians and people getting their DNA pinched and typed in the whole bits and stuck on some file some across the whole planet, you know. But again, you see this, we're in a world of somebody's and nobody's now. You understand that? That's this was all about winners and losers in the coming new world order. That, that's what uh, Jack Satali said. Well, it's already here. 
And Canada's Naomi Klein, um, there's an article on her uh, from the Telegraph, only a totalitarian new world order can save us now, says Naomi Klein, who's, I don't know who funds her, but she's got lots of funding, lifelong, far left, it's about left of Marx, I think, back with more after this break. listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, this is Alan Watt. We're cutting through the matrix, talking about the craziness of the world, which is all a planned craziness, of course. But also, as I say, you always get a left and right, and you, you take your pick, and sometimes you agree with both, and sometimes you, you agree with neither. And, but most people will always agree with one or the other. That's how we're designed, and the big boys know this. So anyway, Naomi Klein has been a leader of the left wing for an awful long time, and um, I don't know if, who funds her, uh, probably the, the usual people. I know government, the, the government of Canada, Canada will fund you if you're for radical change. Radical change... Uh, uh, say 10, 15 years, 15 years ago is now uh, today's normal. It's all happened, so let's get pushing for more radical change. And, and you, that's, that's, that, if you say that, you will get a grant from the government. And if you're an author in Canada, uh, an artist, you'll get paid a lifelong salary just by churning out books with all the latest PC updates for more radical change. And you write it into your stories. And folk live on that their whole life long. Some of these people, I've met them, lots of them. And um, that's why the, the real artists in Canada end up going to the States to, to make money and, and make a name for themselves. Uh, so anyway, Naomi uh, Klein has said that she wants a, a new world order, a totalitarian system, and that uh, basically consumerism must be stopped or looked over by special people. You know, total Marxism, basically. And, of course, Delling Pohl is doing his little piece on her and how it doesn't work, etc., etc. But um, it's just astonishing to see the usual left-wing, right-wing scenarios going on, when it doesn't matter, because left-wing governments, right-wing governments fund the same people and artists and all the rest of it, uh, regardless of who's in, in power. And that's written into, I guess, I don't know, some chart or somewhere or something. I don't know what. But to, to show you how things are, are changing too, and how we accept things, everybody wants to be, all, especially those about 20 to 25 now, brought up with video games, kill, 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 dress in black, bust out, doors down. Everybody wants to get, even ambulance drivers all, all want these battle fatigues now, you know, black battle fatigues. I guess to get ready for the, for, for the, for the storms within the big cities. They're all getting thinged up for that, so. Uh, this article here is to do with um, a gas bill. Matthew Swale and Melanie Cunningham were terrified when they woke up early one morning to see a hoodie. A hoodie is what, uh, sorry, uh, what you've seen in the U.S., the, the guys that wear the, the, the outfits with the hood on top, and they kind of walk with baggy pants and stuff. Anyway, they woke one morning to see a hoodie-wearing gang armed with crowbars hammering on the front door and shouting obscenities. How would you feel guys with crowbars hammering in your front door? And cursing and swearing. Uh, the flatmates became, God will cursing and swearing now, thanks to Hollywood is a normal way of talking to the, the flatmates became even more distraught when the men sprayed chemicals through their letterbox in a bid to subdue Matthew's anxious Labrador Jake. But uh, that fear has now been replaced by anger after it was revealed that last month's 7am raid 
was carried out by bailiffs sent to sort out an unpaid gas bill which had been left by a former tenant. Former tenant. And now Matthew and Melanie are demanding compensation from energy supplier N Power after having to pay hundreds of pounds in vet and repair bills. I'd sue them crazy if I was them. Market trader Matthew 28 and Melanie 29 moved into the railway cottage in Grimsby at the beginning of September and insist that they and their landlady contracted N Power to inform them of the new tenancy. And so basically it was the previous tenant who hadn't played the bill. So these idiots sent these, this gang out now. It's, it's, we used to have debtors' prisons at one time. That's how they treated you then. They had all these laws to stop all that happening. And it's coming back to it again, where they send these gangs out of the street, street scum, basically. With, under, under the colour of law, they've got uh, bailiffs with them. Bailiffs have got more power than average cop, in fact. And it's all to do with money. And... Uh, here there with crowbars and a whole bit barting at your door. I said, but was, but six weeks later the company sent round the bailiffs because the previous tenant had not, uh, still not paid the bills totaling eight, 980 pounds. The bailiffs were instructed to rip out the gas meter and replace it with a prepay one. He said, I looked out the window and saw a group of men wearing scruffy hoodies and tracksuit bottoms who had dra- driven up in a pickup truck, Matthew told the Sunday Mirror. He says, the man in charge was shouting, it will make your life a lot easier if you answer the, the effing door. I thought they looked dangerous. They were kicking my front door and trying to open it with a crowbar. My flatmate mate was in tears. This is when the citizenry should have one of these armoured vehicles when you can just roll up a big door and, and run out with it, you know, and whoa, just like the movies, eh? You know, the, you know people, tenants fight back. <laughs> Matthew said he called the police rather than open the door because the gang, some of whom were sitting on the bonnet of his car, refused to reveal their identities. So the guys were shouting, I'll make life a misery, open the effing door, blah, blah. After failing to gain access, the bailiff shot chemical sprays into the eyes of Matthew's lab before breaking in through a back door. Matthew was eventually able to convince them they had targeted the wrong man by producing his driving license and his tenancy agreement. He, he claims his dog needed £350 worth of veterinary treatment, but he also had to pay out an additional £400 to get his doors repaired. Jacob's most placid dog, you can imagine, yada, yada, yada. When they sprayed him, he just collapsed on the floor. He was throwing up and his eyes were watering. I thought he was going to die. Since this happened, I had telephoned in power dozens of times, but nothing has been done. What's all? Well, it's a computer, you see. It's a computer. That's what they always say about everything now. It's a computer. Yeah. Last month, uh, regulator Ofgem uh, hits Empower with a £2 million fine for its sloppy customer service. They call this, this is what's called customer service, hiring gangs to break down folks' doors with crowbars and curse and swear at the tenants. And they put up with it, the tenants, eh? You understand, we're too far gone to save the society. I do believe, I know that. I know that. But you see, the old society works with a natural community. It hardly needed any police at all. Because everyone knew the rules. And the cops then were not like the cops today. Didn't swagger around like they were some sort of gunfighter, you know. And... Um, and people policed each other. They were policed community. Every youngster knew what the rules were. And how are you going to get in trouble? But you didn't have all this. And folk had work too. They had work to go to, you see. And they were not filled with violence and video games and, and, and degeneracy. They still had the remnants of a culture, which was a Christian culture. And folk forget that. They've been so indoctrinated by Hollywood to hate this idea of Christianity. I mean, the basic idea of it, that now they're going for the kill, it's a stake through the heart now, from the movies they're churning out. But that's where you got your culture and be decent to people and all that. That's where it all came from, even if you're an atheist. 
But these young, youngsters have had nothing to grow up with. They've had no values except moral relativity. The state is right. Whoever it decides is, is the way it goes. And, and this is how they treat each other. And some of these cities now and towns, I wouldn't walk through. I would not walk through them. Not at all. Because so, so the drugs have been brought in by the big boys. I'm talking about the big boys in, in league with the government. Maggie Thatcher said it, you know. It's better to have this. this she, when she opened the pubs, you know, for, for longer working hours during the day, it's best to keep the welfare folk inside and drunk than have them on the streets demanding things. Well, now it's drugs, you see. That's why they're all, they're all everywhere. And it's a great thing for this, this anti-war, anti-terrorism racket. It's a, it's a racket. As I say, using helicopters and, and causing accidents as they chase cars throughout cities and the whole bit, killing goodness, goodness who on the way to, you know, rubbing these cars off the road to get something with a couple of joints. When there's youngsters lying in alleyways here shooting up heroin, it's all coming from Afghanistan. That's what they're there for. They've done official documentaries in Afghanistan and your own troops are protecting the fields. And the farmers, to make sure it flows. And you think it's just the occasional uh, Mr. Mr. Shadow somewhere that gets the drugs in. It's your own government. It's a policy. Then they turn around and get the guys in the streets and say, see, you need more cops. Look at the mess we're in. And you never learn. People never, never learn. And this is a society that, again, Hollywoods and the people associated with Hollywoods in different parts of politics and so on, uh, have brought to you, and you're conquered. You're conquered. You can't stand anymore. You're conquered. That's what I really, truly believe. That's my opinion. And you're mind-bombed with media, you're mind-bombed with entertainment, and you have a collective mentality now, because individuality has been stamped out of you. That's one thing, even when I was young, I admired America for, was what the Americans that I met tourists and so on, coming over across different places in Europe, I'd meet them, bump into them. Uh, they were more individualistic. Not now. Not now. They're just like cookie cutouts. You know, what group do you belong to? Stamp, that was it. That's the sad truth. Now, we'll go to the callers. There's Lee in New York hanging on the line there. Are you there, Lee? Yes, hello, Alan. Yes. Hi. Uh, thanks for taking my call. I'm actually going to re- read you um, an email that I wrote to you because it's going to be a more efficient way to quickly communicate what I my what my questions are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I said that I get that the uh, New World Order or powers that be have orchestrated things such that we will not be able to escape their inevitable inevitable diabolical plan for us. But can you address? what you think can be done. In light of that, how should we attempt to live with the least impact of their tyranny? That's the first part. And then also, do you see civilization in general as part of the overall problem when humans live tribally in smaller, decentralized groups? seems as though less room for exploitation and more freedom for lateral movement. Um, In other words, civilization equals exploitation and slavery? And if, hypothetically speaking, we were able to defeat the New World Order, what do you see as the most humane form of societal organization? For example, what do you see in terms of laissez-faire capitalism or libertarianism in the school of thought of, like, the Austrian School of Economics or even anarcho-capitalism? 
And uh, as an attachment to that, what are your thoughts of anarchism in general? No state, no master. Um, And do you see capitalism as inherently a corrupting force, no matter whether it be libertarian, free market capitalism? Um, Do you think that capital, money, will always lead to concentration of power, monopolies, and and, uh, therefore corruption, and eventually feudalism? Yeah. There's no doubt about it, that it always leads to feudalism. Feudalism has never left us. It's just, it's just disguised. It's very, it's disguised, very thin veneer though. And, uh, uh feudalism is, is alive and well. When it comes to money in any way, shape or form, and, and, and what they call civilization, they're really talking about the beginning of money, uh, and the ability to buy slaves. That, that's what they mean when they talk about civilization. Agricultural societies started off with slaves. And, uh, then you have a, a leisure class. Money, yeah. the trade of the, the oh, money. Absolutely. And, um, what do you see as a pie in the sky if you could create the universe as the most humane form of, of societal construction? Mm-hmm. Well, I think I'd tweak the brain a bit to make it more individualistic to start with. So, so, so they can still get on with each other, but they won't uh, just for, form some kind of mass group that, that suits their particular group. Um, and it gets, then they start fighting against another group before they know it. In a sense, uh, anarchism in its purest form was supposedly that the people would uh, uh, cooperate voluntarily. That was the key to it, voluntarily. And it has never worked that way because you always get the psychopaths moving to the top who become the, the leaders. And then they, they forms a clique run about them of, of heavies. Uh, and then before you know it, you've got a, a form of feudalism again, or you can call it Marxism if you want to. Uh, so it doesn't work either. Right, so it's really just the human story. It doesn't matter how you sort of roll the dice and what you call it, what ism you attach to it, or how you try to set it up. It seems that the driving force or the story that's being told um, is is about this hierarchical, manipulative Mm -hmm. structure that's always necessarily uh, bent on exploiting everything in its way. Well, see, there's only, once you begin money, money is, is, from its beginning, it's a con. It truly is a con. It's not barter anymore. It's a third party who then uh, starts off in the right kind of way. Okay, we'll, we'll make this a value of one sack of corn equals something, and, and we'll give this token. And it's also, money's a token, you understand. Uh, but then the third party starts to want certain amount back for his, for his uh, expertise. And next thing you know, you've got a stock market on the go, and then you've got a, a Rothschild's bank of metals, the Metal Bank Exchange Bank of London, that decides the price of all metals across the whole world. You know, he just sticks his finger at the window and, and says, okay, it's going to be this today. So these guys run a money system. So you'll always get these, these, these sharks moving to the top who are very quick-minded, very quick. They'll see things where you'd never, ever see them uh, in opportunities uh, and, uh, so, and then so exploit you. Here in the States, you know, um, there's a lot of people who see the problems very well and understand them, but at the same time really support Ron Paul in terms of thinking that his ending the Fed and doing these other things he's proposing, free market capitalism, opting out of NAFTA, all that stuff is going to be the answer. But how will it really be the answer when we still basically have the same players um, um, same players. In charge of the wheel, you know. Same, same players. And what you, what you got to uh, understand, there's only one big herd of people, and that's called the taxpayer. 
And what government wants is always from the taxpayer. It doesn't matter. It has to come from the taxpayer. So no matter how much you earn, eventually more and more is taken off you for all their big plans and building projects and enterprises across the world. So money has is, 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 is got built-in corruption inherent in it from the very beginning. So you cannot go in the same system. You can't hang on to the same system at all. And, uh, and to be honest with you, I don't think how... In any way, shape, or form. I don't think, it, I don't think you'd possibly have money. Even in the communist system, that was supposedly uh, when they made their own cash, they still allowed private banks to exist. And when, when Russia collapsed, supposedly, on cue... Uh, there's an article in the British paper where a, a cousin of Rothschild had been in charge of Russia's biggest bank all through uh, that era, and he left a country with billions and billions, not, not in rubles, but in American dollars, and his own, his own private army. There's always going to be that corruption and manipulation. Money will mind. always cause it. Money, money will, you see, we all have this inbuilt ability to try and survive for ourselves. And then you have the, the altruistic part. It's also a, a survival part of, of looking after others. So you can look after others when there's more of you. Ayn Rand oh. says we don't have that at all. <laughs> oh, Ayn Rand was a con that was sent out from Russia, changed her name too. And you just have to look at everyone she was acquainted with to know exactly who she was and what she was all about. But, uh, but technically, as I say, in a system of money, money that's never stable, number one, it wouldn't be so bad if, if a dollar could always buy the same thing for a dollar for as long as you were alive and beyond. But it does. It's not meant to be. Uh, it's put in, in, in charge of people who play this phony market of buying bonds and government borrowing from the same characters who end up buying the bonds. Uh, so a tiny minority run the, the world's supply of money. And uh, as I said, Canada at one time did uh, make its own money, survived the first Great Depression, and they came from all over the world to see how it worked. And it did work, and uh, it had no debt whatsoever. And, uh, and of course, once uh, it got infiltrated, they, they did away with that. Trudeau eventually put the, uh, the hammer on it, and now you've got a truly uh, just the same system as everywhere else. The Bank of Canada is a room where an appointee from the, the government uh, meets with the moneylenders and decides on, on, on the rates and so on. So really, I, you, you can't really go that way. Personally... Um, if I got enough money, I'd make a rocket ship and find an uninhabited planet. That's what I'd do <laughs> myself. But uh, there's no easy answer to it, except we can't go this way, and we can't let the communists do it either. Back after these messages. Hi, folks. I'm Alan Watt. We're back cutting through the matrix. And just to, before going to Werner from New Brunswick, just to finish off what Lee was talking about, there's no easy answer because it would take lectures and lectures and lectures and lectures to discuss everything uh, to, to, to do with the system as it is and where it could possibly go to be a better system. But it'll never be better as long as you have centralization to start with. And you can't go into communitarianism as it's a front again for communism, which again is run by the bankers. So um, it has to be different from everything that's presented to you uh, already by the big boys. Now there's Werner from New Brunswick there. Are you there, uh, Werner? Good evening, Alan. Good evening. Uh, first of all, I want to apologize for not having uh, come back to you. Oh, yes, that's okay. But uh, as I say, I'm swamped with things. I've been uh, uh, taking notices uh, while you were talking there the last uh, 20 minutes. Yeah. And uh, you mentioned earlier when I when I started listening to about uh, basically uh, about in England 
and uh, in the big societies, you know, like uh, like more and more people are getting brain damage. You know, yes. lowering of IQ. Yeah. I have a certain theory. Uh, one of the biggest dangers to the empires has been also history. Disease outbreak. And I noticed, for example, in the early 70s, uh, I was uh, corresponding with uh, people over in the old country. Yeah. And it was somewhere around uh, 1972, people whose uh, grammar was, uh, you know, excellent before. Suddenly, mm -hmm. within less than a year. Yes. Their spelling, there were so many spelling uh, and uh, grammatical mistakes mm -hmm. in their letter. Yeah. And uh, my impression was, like suddenly, there had occurred some brain damage. Yes, yeah. It's, it's very possible. Time, yeah. This was a, a time where there was a, quite a bit upheaval. You know, you re, uh, remember there the by the mine of gang. You know. Yes. Domestic domestic terrorists and so on. Mm -hmm. And uh, one way what uh, uh, people and authorities were afraid of was uh, the uh, bioterrorism. Yeah. You know? Yes. And uh, what over the years ever since, what I've encountered, uh, I live in a rural area here in eastern Canada, uh, the release, the periodic release of sterilizing gases. Yes, yeah. And uh, what I've noticed, it affects the IQ of people because it causes brain damage. Mm hmm yeah. I noticed it on animals, too. Really? Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. yeah. And... Uh, when we look at uh, the way we breathe in the air, you know, mm -hmm. uh, it goes through the front, uh, through the uh, uh, sinus maximus. Yes. Adjoining to the frontal lobes. Mm -hmm. And uh, when those gases are highly sterilizing, and they cause uh, basically temporarily the tissue in the ad adjoining uh, areas, it goes into shock. What I've yes. seen with the animals, then their yeah. mouth and everything would turn white. Uh huh. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And uh, what uh, what uh, uh, tissue in the human body is more uh, uh, prone to uh, damage from temporary deprivation of uh, blood supply? It's mm -hmm. brain. Yes. Yeah, I, I would certainly and damage to mm -hmm. the frontal lobes. Yeah, there's definitely damage. There's no doubt about it. And you have a speech center in the brain. Yeah, and, and, uh, and as I say. Yeah. Uh, the frontal lobes that uh, distinguish human beings uh, from animals, you know, rational thinking and yeah. all this. Mm -hmm. And uh, it affects uh, to then brutalization of people. That's right. That's right. It, it does. It's psychopathic again. Yeah. Same part of the brain. Yeah. Like described uh, in, in the scriptures, you know, the ancient empires. They're being yes. described as beasts. And uh, for example, the Roman Empire. That's right. But, but th thanks for calling. That, that's the end of the, the show, though, Werner. And um, I might go into that, too, because I, I know what they've been doing with inoculations as well, targeting those parts of the brains. But uh, from Hamish myself on Tier Canada, it's good night to me, your God, your God's go with you. Remember, help me out and donate, too. And hopefully we can keep going as we go down the tubes. <laughs>